Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the Podcast Junkie. And because you guys know, we like to roll with the big boys. Today, I brought an incredible guest on the show. I actually met him first the first time at Funnel Hacking Live this year, but I've been following his journey online. And my guest today is the number one funnel designer in the Southern Hemisphere. He works with some of the top entrepreneurs in the ClickFunnels community, including the likes of Alex Scharfen, Rachel Peterson, Christy Code Red, and Stacey Martinez. In his first year, he grew his business to over $300,000. And in this year alone, he's been able to create over $70,000 extra revenue inside a challenge funnel for somebody literally in just the first month that he started working them. It's insane. And just for context, guys, that funnel went from doing $300,000 to $370,000 just by changing uh, what Chris does with the funnel. So please welcome my guest today, Chris Benetti. What's going on, Chris? Hey, man. It's great to have uh, OB on here. Thank you so much. So much having me dude i'm super excited and i've been i've been kind of following you for a while but i'm the first person to say that i've only been following you really at surface level and you know i had uh kim barrett on my interview uh on the podcast a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago and um and that podcast interview may come out you know a way before where this one gets published um but speaking to kim i i remember thinking at the time remember thinking wow like i never knew that information about chris and it just got me curious about your whole story and how you've got to where you are today. So just for my benefit and for all of the people listening who maybe don't know your story, Chris, I would love to dig into kind of how you got started in this online space and kind of your whole journey up to this point. Cool. So we've got like 10 minutes to go over this or? Yeah, dude, like let's go full bore because I'd love to learn the whole story. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So I guess like for me, it started, uh, dude, I would say in uh, in about 2016-ish. So my background, I actually, you know, straight out of high school i'm 25 by the way for context um straight out of high school from the age of 17 um i actually went into a an apprenticeship and so in that apprenticeship i was learning to be a, a mechanical fitter um or mechanical engineer and uh you know i was working in the iron ore mining industry and so um you know <clears throat> over the the course of around four years i was pretty much learning and you know going through my different years of being an apprentice and then um in 2016 i pretty much qualified and then rolled over to becoming a tradesman, right? And so that's when, you know, basically from a college or a university perspective, when you graduate and then you get your degree, right? You can then go and uh, start being an expert in your field and start, you know, charging people for what you do or um, what you've learned. So that's pretty much like where I was at. And, you know, at that point, I had gone through four years of learning and, you know, doing this stuff. And I was like, oh, this sort of sucks. Like, I don't actually really enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it was funny, hey, because I was like having these like heartfelt moments where I was tearing myself apart going like like what what do I what can I do like how can I like learn different things or like you know what's what can I do that that's going to sort of change my path and like I was so torn because I had just gone through all this time to learn this thing and I was talking to other tradesmen and um you know tradesmen uh generally have a very negative perspective on it they're like you've learned this thing you need to do that for the rest of your life sort of thing like that's their mentality um but for me I you know I had er- quite early like uh started buying properties 
and stuff. I bought my house that I'm in right now uh, when I was 18. And then my second house when I was just before I turned 21. Um, so I had a couple of properties and I was sort of interested in that space. And that sort of led me to read a, a property investing book. And, um, you know, from there, I uh, somehow discovered Robert Kiyosaki. And, uh, you know, I read his Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And that sort of started changing things for me. Um, and so like over the year of me being qualified as a tradesman, I just went down this massive whirlpool of like learning. And I was reading about a book a week um, and just devouring all these different business books. Um, you know, Cashflow Quadrant was next. I basically read a few, like I got really addicted to Robert Kiyosaki. I read like 10 of his books. And then I, you know, found Tim Ferriss and started reading for our work week. And that just changed my mind, like blew my mind. Um, and so from that point, I was like, what else can I learn? And like, what else can I try? And so um, whilst I was working away, I went down this like massive rabbit hole of like trying to drop ship things on eBay, um, you know, <laughs> just like just trying to do all these different things. And, uh, you know, pretty much came to a conclusion that like, I wasn't really going to be successful trying to like side hustle this. Like I had got to a point where I saved up enough money and confidence to basically go, okay, cool. Like, um, you know, if I don't sort of get to a point by a, a, a certain um, date, then I'm just going to quit and try this full time. And so I actually like sat down in August, 2016 and wrote myself a letter. And it was basically like, if I don't, you know, do this by uh, uh, December 22nd, 2016, then I'm going to quit my job and, um, you know, just try this full time. I signed that, I dated it, I posted on Facebook like you do, of course. And yeah. uh, <laughs> workmates actually showed my supervisor at work and I got fired? in a bit of trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't get fired. Uh, but, you know, coincidentally, uh, a month later, I uh, missed flight to, I used to do fly and fly out, which means I used to, I worked remotely. Um, I missed the flight and I actually did get fired for that. It was pretty much exactly a month later that I got fired. And so here I am in, it was September 21st of 2016 and uh, no job, um, you know, no real way to make money. I had savings and that's about it. Um, I came across Russell Brunson. And uh, for those of you who know Russell, uh, he created ClickFunnels. And at that time, he had Stephen basically teaching what he calls the affiliate bootcamp when it w was first, you know, came out. And I decided I was going to try and do ClickFunnel uh, affiliate promotion. Um, I wish I stuck with it, but I didn't. Um, but, you know, it led me to learning the, the, the platform of ClickFunnels, led me to learn about funnels and how to build funnels. And, uh, you know, as Jamie probably would have discovered with the interview with Kim Barrett, I then went on to intern for Kim. And so I worked for Kim for, for months for free. And then um, in January of 2017, I started getting paid as a funnel builder for him. And then, you know, over the, the next six months in 2017, I just was, you know, just learning how to get better at doing what I was doing. Like I learned a lot of mistakes. I screwed up a lot of his client accounts. Um, <laughs> so I was basically, I was learning at his expense, which was fantastic. Um, yeah. It was great. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, I recommend people do. Like if you can learn on someone else's expense, do that for sure. Yeah. Um, but then it got to a point in like July, 2017, where I got, I got pretty good and uh, I was invited to attend the uh, ClickFunnels Top 30 Designathon, which, you know, was basically a collaboration of the, the world's top 30 ClickFunnels designers. Um, we were all, you know, flying to the ClickFunnels HQ and uh, basically building out templates for the cookbook system that ClickFunnels has right now when you create funnels in their platform. Um, and so that's that really a, like... such a smart business model, by the way, like get the best designers in the world to come and build your product for you and call it a competition because they want the, the authority in that space. Like that's such a smart move by Russell, right? Oh, uh, it was so good, dude. We got like training from Russell, Stephen. Um, we got to sit there for two days at the HQ, which is awesome, by the way. Um, and at the end of the day, it was all like the positioning of it was like, you build this template, they're there to sell. So you can make some good money off selling them as well. So like they, you know, you cover your own expenses to get here, accommodation, etc., And then you, you can potentially see the return from selling these templates. Some of the guys sold a lot more than others. I sold like four, um, but it's all good. <laughs> it was a great experience anyway. And, you know, it was probably like one of the pinnacle turning points for me because like I had been now in a second job after leaving mining um, for eight months or so. And I sort of was starting to get into a point 
um, where I was in a rut and in an employee mindset. And when I say employee mindset, I mean um, the perspective of someone who is, um, they feel entitled, they're like sort of uh, like, you know, I deserve this. Um, and I was getting like to a point where I was like a little bit whiny about like, you know, being an employee. And, you know, these guys really just like the, the other 30 people who I was there with. And just for context, Chad Thibodeau was there. Julie Stolium was there. Blake Newbar was there. Some of the biggest names um, in marketing and funnels right now were all there as well. Chris Murray, Alex Taylor, um, Chris Benetti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy I, is uh, <laughs> I like. I was just looking at those guys and I was like, crap, like these guys are freaking doing awesome stuff. And, uh, you know, they are just crushing it. They're not letting any titles like restrict what they're doing and how they're, you know, changing their lives. And uh, it really just gave me like a, like a new hope almost. And, you know, from that point, I left that event and I started freelancing immediately. Um, you know, I was bitching a little bit about like how much I was getting paid. And so when I left, I started freelancing and, you know, in the next six months, I doubled my income for that whole year um, in just a six months period. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of that year, um, Kim sort of saw what I was doing and, you know, came to me and is like, hey, like, why don't we, um, you know, look at starting up a business, a proper business for funnels and not just have it be internal with my company so that you have like something that you're actually building and working towards. And that's sort of, you know, how the funnel division came about and we sort of launched it properly, I would say, you know, around this time last year. And uh, yeah, dude, it's just been like one of those, uh, those periods of just like, okay, how do I start? Like, you know, how do I get clients? How do I gain authority as a new business owner? And um, I think there's some really valuable lessons in, in regards to like what I had to go through and what I did go through to actually, you know, have that turning point to getting the clients that I have now and having the authority that I have now, as well as, you know, starting out from scratch and then getting a decent amount of income through um, as well. So I'd love to, to chat more about that. I'll let, I'll let you yeah, ask dude, any- I have a, I have like two pages worth of notes already just with like <laughs> stuff that you talked about, which is kind of nuts. And, and I really want to dig into the stuff you were just talking then about, you know, getting the opportunity to create your own business alongside Kim and, and to do all of that kind of stuff. But I want to just take it back a second and, and just yeah. at first off about where you were at with the, um, before you even had the apprenticeship, before you even had funnels, how you were in this kind of um, worker mindset with, with all of these people in this like service industry, right? Where you were doing mining and stuff like that. And, and I've definitely been there. Like I definitely had like a white collar job where I was like selling furniture. So like sitting on sofas and chatting to people, it's definitely different to like getting involved with iron ore. You know what I mean? Um, you know, mm. the, the nearest I ever got to iron ore was playing RuneScape when I was a kid. You know what I mean? So like for, <laughs> for everybody else, like, so one of the things that I took away from that is like you were in this position where you had all people around you who were basically saying like, hey, you're going to do this for the rest of your life. You're not going to be able to step up. What what was that like? And, and how did you get past that kind of negative mindset of, you know, don't grow for yourself? Oh, uh, dude, it was hard. And uh, <clears throat> I, you know, I don't like to, I'll say it because, you know, it's a part of the context. But for me, like when I was in mining, I was a vegetarian. And so that was like one thing as well that is the defies social norms. Um, and so like from that perspective, um, miners and like people in that sort of scenario, like we are all there, you know, working away for two weeks at a time um, where we don't get to see our family. We don't get to see our loved ones. And then we get to go home for a week only to be back again in, you know, doing it all over again. And so um, in that industry, in that position, um, we basically just get stuck in this massive rut. And with that in mind, um, you know, I can definitely see the mentality behind, you know, what they're, they're like, they were experiencing and the fear that came with that as well um you know some of the some of the experiences that i had was just like just all that negative um you know negativity because uh not only was i trying to like defy the norm of like not wanting to work there anymore and starting to like go down the business path like i used to get you know made funneled quite often for that but then i was also vegetarian now vegan um you know not eating meat funnily enough is a massive part of people making fun of you as well in that sort of industry because it's such an old school mentality right yeah well so, I, I just to share with this chris like i'm a vegetarian and have been for about a year a year and a half now since my dad had a heart attack and i eventually want to transition completely to vegan just from the health yeah. benefits and i totally am with you on that because there's a lot of people like in the entrepreneur space i think people are a lot more open-minded but like all yeah. back home like my dad and my friends and stuff like that when when, I'm, when they when they hear all this stuff they're like man you've changed like you're not the same person and it's like it's a negative thinking right a negative thought yeah. process well yeah like in those mentalities like people are used to one what i was trying to get to is people are used to one thing and so anything that sort of tries to defy 
that or tries to go against the, the, the current is going to be seen as something that's negative towards the tribe or the herd, if you will. Like, you know, mining yeah. in general, like everyone is there. They're all there like suffering together. And so anyone who's trying to get out of suffering is they're just going to try and drag you back down. And so that comes in the form of negativity, you know, people like giving you crap or like putting you down. And so for me, every single day, like what I had to do was just like really think about like envisioning, um, you know, where I wanted to go. And one thing that really helped was like every single moment that I had of free time, um, whether it was like lunch breaks at work, I would not talk to those people because those people in my mind were just negative people who were literally wasting time um, for hours on end, basically talking about what they're going to do when they get home. I was like, that is such a waste of time for me. I'm going to read every single lunch. Like I read for an hour and a half every day and then to and from work, we used to have to take a 15 minute bus to go to this actual mine site and then a 15 minute bus to go back to camp where we stayed. Um, it was actually dark at both of those trips. Like we, we were doing 13 and a half hour days. And so we were leaving at 5.30 and getting back at 6.30 sort of thing. Um, I can't do the math on it. I think it's at 13 hours. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. what I would do is I'd actually like download podcasts onto my iPod. We weren't allowed phones on, on site or anything like that. I would download podcasts onto my iPod and literally just listen to podcasts to work and on the way home. So um, I was basically consuming about two hours of content per day. And then when I was trying to stuff around with eBay and stuff like that, I was probably doing like another hour or two hours at night or before work. Um, and so just from that perspective, like I was doing everything I could to move away. And then everything I was I could to like move towards something that I had envisioned for myself. And it definitely wasn't mining. And so everything that I was doing was trying to just get me out of there as quick as I possibly could. Um, I think there's and- definitely like a lot of similarities because, you know, maybe the, maybe the mining community is like an extreme of that because I know exactly what you're saying with people who are, who want, as soon as you try and, it's almost like if you try and get out of what they're all doing, it's making them look bad and like they're doing something wrong. So they want to kind of knock you back. But I think there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this right now who have that similar experience. Maybe it's work friends, maybe it's people they mm-hmm. work with, maybe it's family or, or just general friends where the people around them are, are kind of trying to hold them back and, and they can sometimes say it in the form of protection like oh I just want to make sure that you're not throwing money away or that you're you know making a mistake or I just want to make sure you don't get hurt but actually there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who do have that kind of limiting mindset where when you try and pull away from the herd that they do try and hold you back right yeah at the end of the day man it's them like reflecting their own insecurities on you and um, you know we're all in this um, for a reason and um, I strongly believe like you got to look after whatever you want to do for like you got to look after number one first and that's you and so being mindful of other people is one thing but at the end of the day like your opinion is really the only one that truly matters and if people are trying to like force their opinion on you or their insecurities or disbelief upon you then you just got to say no thank you like I respect you um, but you know this is my journey and this is what I got to do and so I've been through a few of those different phases throughout my journey and um, I've been questioned by my partner you know it's it's obviously very scary going through these different phases with her um, but at the end of the day you know right now um, I've like I'm in the best final financial position I've ever been in you know even aside from mining I'm able to generate my own income every single day I'm able to work for myself I'm able to you know have a team of uh, people who I work with and um, just like love the people that I get to communicate with every day and that's you know that means everything to me so was there a moment that you saw a shift in it getting easier? So like where you, where you had a bunch of people around you that were kind of negative, you were just kind of doing your own thing and, and really, really like it was all on you. There was nobody else kind of around you that was what it sounds like giving you that kind of support push. It was really all up to you to, you know, read books, to, to find people that were going to give you that push and motivation and content. Was there a moment throughout your journey that you saw a shift where it started to get easier? And, and what was the cause of that? Mm, I would just say that there wasn't like, up until yeah when, when I was transitioning from mining to entrepreneur stuff um, there wasn't generally a shift it was more so like the curiosity of like what can I do or like what else can I do to like get out of this position um, it was like the hunger and the curiosity and so like learning gave me extreme excitement um, way more than it does now um, because it was so new um, and so that just in conjunction with like really desperately wanting change was like the driving factor behind like how can I get the F out of here you know yeah. And now that you look at your life now, is it, do you still have a lot of that negativity in your life or, or is it different now? Oh, no way. Um, I would say there's like next to no negativity in um, any areas that I have. Um, you know, people uh, who I 
used to be like really close friends with. When you start, you know, acting the way you do on social when you're an entrepreneur and, and trust me, it happens. You start communicating a lot differently um, and you start being surrounded by a lot of different people as well. Um, they generally just go quiet. Like you don't really hear from them. You don't really see them unless of course they're really good friends. But you know, the ones that are there um, who are true friends will always be there in the shadows. And you know, when um, they see your success, they will come and support you and congratulate you. And you know, um, the negative people just sort of, they go into the shadows and don't really come out when you're just surrounded by all these positive people who are all like sort of trying to impact and change the world. No? Was there anything that you did that helped you to get to that point? Do you think like, was there a big thing you did that really started to see a big difference for you? Um, I would say like, you know, just being on the journey of just trying to better yourself. Like it's just going to naturally happen. Like you just sort of uh, ascend yourself. I would say um, I actually was listening to a podcast from Alex Sharfin yesterday and uh, he said that, you know, a lot of people ask him for advice on personal development courses. And he said that, you know, building a business, a successful business is the best personal development thing you can do for yourself. It really, and like that resonated so much with, I actually just got goosebumps saying that, but it resonated so much with me because I've gone through, through this journey of like being an employee in something that I hate to being an employee and then just hating being an employee, but loving what I do to transitioning to be being an owner, a business owner that was struggling to find things that were working from him, being a business owner that sort of found something that worked and then um, being a business owner that absolutely loves what he does every single day and then you know, finding new opportunities on how to expand and scale things, right? And so um, throughout all those different micro stages in the last, it's only been two and a half years now, um, that has like exponentially grown me more than anything else. I've never taken one personal development program. Um, I've only focused on trying to make my learning skills and business skills better throughout that period and that's sort of helped evolve me throughout that process and that's definitely unique chris because there are a lot of people out there who do go and they take these courses and they and they get stuck in these kind of learning cycles and and it's funny that you mentioned about um what you were just talking about there about listening to alex sharthen's podcast so when you and, and what i want to just want to touch on here because I, I definitely want to talk to you about what you're doing right now but i know that you said that you tried a whole bunch of these different things on this journey from like how do i make money online like what do i want to do eventually to going and working with kim and finding that thing that you love can we just touch really quickly on like failures and in terms of and the reason i want to ask you that question is because there'll be a lot of people in our audience right now who are coming up with things that aren't working and it's not always out and out failures sometimes it works a little bit but ultimately doesn't give them that end result so can you talk to us a little bit about in the first kind of year of you kind of leaving that job and, and probably for you I, i'm imagining it's going to be that first kind of four months before you went into that apprenticeship with kim how many different things did you try and how many different kind of miniature failures did you come across and, and what did that experience feel like? Yeah, so I would say like I tried maybe three different, it, this is actually before I left mining actually, um, you know, in total, um, uh, actually one after mining, um, but I tried maybe three or four different things. Um, and so, you know, one thing I did was I uh, learned uh, from Anik Single and uh, did one of his programs called Inbox Blueprint, um, which is basically all around email marketing and uh, failed in that. Like, a, you know, I he one of his recommended things was to buy um, do media buying like buy uh, what's it called um, basically buy clicks to your lead magnet and then you know do email marketing to people who opted in for what you were giving them um, and so I ultimately you know I got like 50 100 people on my list and didn't get any sales it's all about like affiliate marketing with email pretty much um, and so I was like oh this is too hard it's not working <laughs> and then uh, you know I was like found the next thing I went on Udemy and got like this uh, this uh, eBay drop shipping program which is basically all about like putting products on eBay with a 30% markup and then just basically when someone purchases you go to a website and put their purchase details in on that website and buy it with the money that they sent you <laughs> um, so you know I had a range of different products listed on there and uh, I actually did make one sale but then when the person got the product they're like oh this isn't what I was expecting can I get a refund and I was like oh crap how do I return it now <laughs> yeah because it was predominantly, you know, I'm, I'm in Australia. They, um, you know, they teach to do drop shipping in America. So I was like ordering these products from a, an American store like Home Depot and then sending it to someone in the States and then um, trying to organize that to get shipped back from the purchaser back to Home Depot without her like noticing that I had done this thing. Um, it was really difficult. It was like one of the most stressful things um, at the time that I was going through. And so that quickly was like, oh, this is too hard. Like, I don't know how I can manage this from a support perspective.
perspective. Um, and then after that, like, you know, um, I did uh, affiliate bootcamp, like I mentioned, and I went through every single day. I spent, you know, my whole day, every day trying to do ads and run things. And I just didn't have any successes there. So, um, you know, it sort of came to a point where then I saw an ad from Kim's business saying that they were looking for interns. And I was just like, oh, I'm not really having success. Like, I know these guys are successful. So I'll go, I'll just go learn from them. That's probably going to be my best point. And was so, that um, was that a difficult jump to make? Because I guess it's probably quite a, quite a humbling thing to do to go and work for somebody else basically for free. Like, was that a hard decision to make for you? At the time, I was like fed up because I was not having success. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So, um, you know, I was just like, this is the right thing for me. And I just knew it was, you know, um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I had just been effing around with ClickFunnels for a month or so. Um, but I wasn't really doing anything, you know. Um, I was trying to just like take the lesson for the day on, on the affiliate bootcamp and implement it. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just a point where I was like, I don't know if this is right for me. I don't really know how to make this work. And I know that these guys have a business and are successful at that. So that's the, the next logical path for me. How much how much time do you think that shortcut for you? And not just time, but also quality. Because obviously you're at this level now where you, you know, you're recognized as a, one of the top funnel builders in the world. And you've got this kind of recognition and this quality to you that, that even though, you know, and, and we talk about your business doing $300,000 in a very short space of time, you know, maybe there's other people who started in 2016 who maybe got to higher amounts of revenue quicker on their own instead of work with somebody else. But I'd be willing to bet that by you having that foundation from that apprenticeship, even though you know, you've know you done 300,000, which might be less than other people have done in that first year, I, I'm willing to bet that the long-term trajectory of your business will be a lot greater because of that foundation you got set up. How, how valuable was that apprenticeship, do you think? And how much time do you think it really did shortcut for you? I think at the end of the day, it comes down to like the learning curve. And um, you know, some people are naturally better learners um by themselves and that's that's good like if you are that's great for me like i really you know i can learn things don't get me wrong but um i'm I'm like much more of like a hands-on learner like i you know i personally learn best when there's accountability involved when i'm sort of learning on the job like um you know not just in physical in like scenarios like when i'm actually working on someone's campaign and learning how to do this thing for them like i better know how to do it I, i better know how to get it right because it's someone who's paying money to kim's business um that is a much more uh it's it's just a better learning scenario for me and so um you know it it, like it's it's not right or wrong or it's not gonna like shortcut your success versus not shortcut your success um all i'm saying is that for me i noticed like where my learning strengths are and where my learning weaknesses are and that was you know the perfect thing for me at that time because you know one i didn't know what i was doing and uh it really helped me figure out that maybe funnels was the right journey for me to go down help me figure out that i really freaking enjoy doing it and uh am decent at doing it as well and um you know from there um i was able to just like focus on making myself better so uh, i don't know if that answers your question but yeah that's, no, uh, that's that's that is really insightful and and what i'm kind of thinking of is there's probably going to be people listening right now who are like yeah i'm like that i'm that kind of learner that needs that you know that accountability that hands-on like i need to do this job for my boss otherwise i'm going to get in trouble so that forces me to learn so what one of my next questions is if somebody is in that position and they think maybe apprenticeship is a good mate how do you you know because i think you definitely and i don't know whether you got lucky or you were super selective with getting kim because obviously he's a rock star but what's that what's that process do you think for finding somebody that would be a good person to work for and and how if you want to do that like how do you go about picking who you ask to potentially work with them be that kind of apprentice that's a fantastic question um kim barrett's always looking for interns by the way so (laughs) you can go to kim barrett um from my perspective i would say like get an inkling of what you might you think you might want to do i think that's the first stage like being completely clueless in regards to like what you you want to do is it's really hard to choose who you should potentially seek um an internship with um so for me like i sort of already knew that funnels were pretty fun and cool to put together and so that's what i mentioned in the interview and therefore you know i started getting more funnel work with them so that sort of evolved naturally um from that point people um in most scenarios are willing um, to let you work free for them. So um, it's just going to come down to you asking, being like, hey, um, you know, I'm really looking to um, give value to someone um, and I see that you're doing this and I was just wondering if there's a possibility that I can work with someone in your marketing um, team to, to help with XYZ. You know, um, I'm, I'm willing to work for free. I'm, like for me, when I 
did the internship, I showed up every single day. I worked a full working day. The other intern that I started with, he showed up and did two hours and left. And uh, it's pretty obvious uh, who you know stayed on after the internship and got paid. So if you're going to do it, make sure you commit to it. Make sure you give them time. Make sure you give them as much value as possible. And um, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to one, learn the skills um, and potentially become an employee or you know, two, learn the skills and go do your own thing afterwards. And you'll probably have a very good idea of what you want to do after working with someone who has an existingness. Yeah, that's fantastic advice because you're so right. Like you'll get out of an internship what you put into it. And yeah. I think that that kind of mindset of, all right, well, this is what I want to do. And I actually saw a, a post go up in the Facebook group the other day about a guy who said, look, I'm going to fly anywhere in the world to go and work with somebody that has an existing business. Who should I work with? And then there was a whole bunch of people that were like, come do work for me free, come do work for me free. And I just thought to myself, well, well what does that guy actually want to do? Because if he's not passionate about like writing Facebook ads, then he's not going to have a good time doing that for somebody else. So I think that advice of figuring out what you think it is that you want to do works very well. Um, and I think that's cool. And by the way, if anyone's listening and definitely wants to get involved with like make podcasts for people or <laughs> for free, let me know. Because like if you guys want to come live in Bali and have a great time, like that's a very real thing could happen. I'm sure the same thing for you, Chris, right? Like if somebody reached out to you and were like, hey, Chris, I love what you're doing with funnels. I want to come work with you free. Like, have you got an opening or a team? Like you would think really hard about that, right? You would think like, well, oh, yeah. could I, could I utilize you? Is that a good fit? And I think just asking is like the first point for, for many people, right? I, I just want to say as well, Jamie, uh, there's, you know, companies out there, called, there's one specifically called Gen, G-E-N-M. Um, they basically take on interns or, um, you know, graduates from college or university. And uh, they have like this massive marketplace of people who um, are interning for people or being apprentices for people. And so it's, you know, you can pay companies like for the business owner, you can pay companies like, um, like, like Gen M $50 a month and get someone to intern or be an apprentice in your business for 10 hours a month or something along those lines. Maybe it's 10 hours a week. I think it's, it's something like that. Um, but then people who are looking for to potentially be an intern or apprentice in someone's business, marketing business, or I know they do corporate and stuff like that. You can go to Gen M and apply to be an apprentice or intern on, on their platform. So, um, you know, that's a probably an easier place um, to, to start if you're not too sure on where to go. Yeah, or that, who that's, want to that's great advice. And I think I've, I've checked them out before because I think as somebody who's an em employer, you can go on there and I think you pay like what, like 60 bucks a month or something to get listed. It, yeah, it's like 50 bucks a month. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you can get apprenticeships that potentially come and work for you. So actually it's good on both points, right? Like if you want to go yeah. get a internship, check it out. But if you want someone to come and work with you, then it's also a good place to go because that works out real cheap like 10 hours a week that 50 dollars a month is like three bucks an hour or even less than that right like it's ridiculous yeah uh, it's like the the money is like literally just to cover their like administration costs <laughs> and then um you know potentially once someone has qualified then there's the potential for them to come and work as the business owner come and work for you full-time as well you know if it's the right fit yeah no that's really good advice and, and the next thing i want to ask you about is just kind of moving the dial forward a little bit as well so obviously you were working with kim for a while and and you got to this point where he started to pay you and you were working there as a job and you know doing like you said doing what you love but still being an employee and you said before earlier that you got to this moment where you had this kind of employee mindset which is where you and you, and you said like starts to get you know maybe feeling a little bit entitled maybe feeling like you deserve certain things and and that was probably a point where you were like okay I need to change things up um, so just to place this on the timeline was that before you went to the ClickFunnels hackathon event or was it was it afterwards it was like right it was probably just before I started like acting like a little bitch and um, <laughs> then you know I kept catching myself being like oh, I'm just an employee and talking to people like Alison Prince like that and then as soon as like you know and Julie Stolian like I was I had a massive bitch fest with Julie Stolian about being an employee um, at the end of the day I was like is this who I like really want to be known as and so you know I had that internal switch where I was like okay cool like I probably shouldn't be um, shouldn't be like this like if, if if this isn't feeling good like what what can I do like what else can I do and, so my you know, question because I'm sorry to cut you off there Chris but what I'm really interested about is is how did you notice that you had that mindset shift because it's very hard like when you have a belief to like notice that belief be like oh maybe that's not the right thing like how did you like self-analyze how did you notice that you were in that mindset people mentioned it so Julie called me out um, and like I mentioned I had a big, a big chat with her about it um, and so like once she said that and like once I sort of once when, when she said that I honestly just like saw myself saying these things to people it was like an out-of-body thing i was like oh shit like i can't believe i just said that you know i can't believe i'm talking like this i can't believe like i've got this sort of mindset when i'm literally in such like an ab 
abundance like industry of, yeah, I can do anything I want and I'm still talking like this. And so from that point, I would like, for me personally, I was at a point where I was like, I wasn't really like, <clears throat> I've like, I mentioned I've got two houses. I wasn't earning like enough money to be cash flow positive, right? On like paying my mortgage and bills and all of that stuff. So like that was really, really hard on me. And so I was venting it in these ways of bitching, you know? And so um, I was just like, like, I just need to do something else or something more so that I can become comfortable. And so this is going to tie into probably a couple of questions that you might have. What I did is started freelancing and then that really helped me increase my income. Once I saw that what was possible with freelancing on just a few hours after work every single day, you know, in a year I was, I don't want to say how much I was earning, but I was earning X amount in a year. And then within six months of freelancing, I earned that same amount just on freelancing doing a couple of hours a day extra. I was literally able to charge a hundred dollars an hour for my time doing, you know, funnel building or funnel designing work. And so that really gave me the potential of going, okay, wow, like I can, you know, I have a bigger skill than I realize. Like I know that I should, I should be doing more. And so um, that gave me the drive to then want to start a business and want my own thing. And sort of, um, you know, it came to a point where I was like, I'm not too sure if I can learn um, a whole bunch more from being an employee in this business. And so um, it was December of 2017. Steve had just announced that he was going to leave 2017. Yeah, that's Steve, Steve, was, Steve was announcing that yeah, he was he leaving. Was, he was 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was a new funnel building position opening up for Russell Brunson, right? Or ClickFunnels. And so I applied for that. And then I told Kim and then Kim and I had a big discussion when he got back about, you know, starting the funnel division and that's sort of how that began. So there a, and just one thing I want to ask here, Chris, is that I, and I find this a lot is that especially when you've come into a business and that business has taught you a skill set, which you then begin to freelance and you notice that you can make more money freelancing. It's probably less time than what you're putting into your full time job. Was, was it a hard decision for you to kind of prioritize the freelancing because there was that element of not guilt, but an element of maybe like reciprocity where you wanted to keep working for maybe Kim because he gave you that kind of position and that start in, in that freelancing space. Was it was it difficult to try and make that move away? And what was your thought process for that? Yeah, so I never re- like I never at one point was going to go, okay, cool. Like I can make more money freelancing. I'm going to go do that full time. I always like was from a perspective of, okay, Kim's taught me this. I'll continue to work for Kim, but I'm also going to freelance. That makes yeah. sense. Um, and then, you know, when the position for Russell came up, I was like, okay, this is probably like the next step for me in terms of like being an employee or my journey. And so I applied for that. Um, and then it ended up being, you know, a complete 180 and, um, you know, Kim asking if we wanted to start a business together. And so um, it sort of came around anyway, like the freelancing turned into being a business owner, the job turned into being a business owner. And so, you know, they sort of both came together. It was sort of like the both, both the best worlds coming together. And that's sort yeah. of how I mean, it ended ha- up rolling out. Hats off to Kim, because there he, he's done like the ultimate example of how to help your employee rise up through the ranks. Because like so many employers get this wrong. They, they, they will either hold you back and try and keep you in that position. And then there's that negativity mindset that builds where you start to resent them or they just let you go and, and they don't get that. And it sounds like what Kim saw was that you were ready to take that next step and could have gone out on your own and probably done it. And instead he's presented you an opportunity where you can have that freedom to go and run by yourself. But then also, I mean, I don't know because I didn't ask this, but I imagine you guys are in partnership in that business. So he's still getting, you know, a benefit from that as a business owner, but he's given you more of that freedom to run. And then you still get that support from him in his business. That's a really, that's a really smart business move on his part, you know, and, and that's, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So it, it's definitely a smart move. Um, I will say that we're not in partnership anymore. However, um, we, we definitely were for, you know, I, I would say uh, a, about a year of like that business being up and running. Um, I got to a point where I was like, you know, for me, it's probably like, I really just want my own thing where it's like 100% mine. And therefore that's like, that led my decision of going, okay, like, you know, this is, it's fantastic to start. And I definitely recommend having a mentor or someone on the journey with you. Um, from my perspective, it was like, uh, I was the operations and, you know, running the business and he, he was like the mentor in the position. So it just, yeah. it, like for me, like on, on it seems the like a good stepping stone to like get to that kind of next level, you know? Yeah, it was a good step 
stepping stone, but for like the longevity of it, I was like, it didn't make sense for me personally. But definitely like, you know, if, if there's someone in the business and they're sort of like struggling with being an employee, like with money and like not owning their own thing, then I think it's a, a definitely a really good logical next step to offer some, some sort of opportunity like that to someone. Yeah, who is I, in- yeah I love that. And, and that's very, I'm, I'm super interested about this whole journey you've got. And uh, this is probably one of the more in-depth interviews I've done where I'm asking a lot more questions because I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. So let's let's talk a little bit about where you're at in your business today. So share us a little, um, what I always love to ask is like what you love doing in your business. So like, what's the thing that you absolutely love doing with what you're doing today? I would say like hands down, um, working with people that I love and being able to communicate with people like Rachel Peterson every single day, just like honestly um, makes my day. Like being able to communicate with someone um, who is so freaking awesome and just being able to be close to someone like that. Um, I, you know, we consider each other best friends now, which is funny, funny enough. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like just being surrounded and being able to have that opportunity and be with those people who are just like, honestly, they have the best advice. They've, they've got the experience. They really know how to impact and change people's lives. Being able to serve those people and also work with those people on a daily basis is probably my favorite thing about running. And then also, I, I, I think all like all the people that you listed that you're working with as well, like having met those people, they're like, they're, a lot of them are super humble and you can just tell that they're very, they're great people, like super, super awesome people to just have in your life as well, right? Yeah, I, um, you know, I've worked with maybe a few like arrogant, cocky, douchey people in this journey. Um, you quickly realize who the people you don't want to work with are. <laughs> and that's like a very, you know, uh, that's that's how the business started. And that's, you know, sort of how I figured out like who I did want to work with, who I didn't want to work with. Um, Rachel was like the first person who was like on the influencer list that I like was officially working for and got a really good result for. Um, and, uh, you know, just looking at those guys every single day, like the guys that have awesome businesses that have awesome fans and a loving community, none of them are douchebags or none of them are like, you know, they're all like, honestly, they will listen to their audience. They will take advice from their audience if they need it. And, um, you know, they all actually give a crap about what they say and what they do and what they think and, you know, the people around them. And there's just like, there's so much humbleness, like you mentioned. And um, it really sets aside like the people who are successful and not successful. Um, you know, these people who are successful, I think take a much more holistic approach to how they do things. They actually care about how they feel and their health. And then they care about the people around them and supporting them. And then they also care about the business and impacting, you know, the people they serve. People who are like not successful, they might have a good business, but then there's like other areas that are lacking in their life. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about like the whole picture. And if you have a good business, but you're stressed out of your mind and you're, you know, you're really fat or like stupidly skinny because you don't eat all day or like you got headaches every single day, then are you really that successful? I feel like you're probably like digging yourself an early grave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the grand success of life, you're not winning, my friend, right? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so has so has working with a lot of these influencers who are building these amazing movements, has that impacted your business a lot? So let's talk a little bit about where you're at. Are you, are you building a movement alongside your business as well as like serving people at the individual basis? Yeah, so I would say um, right now I'm sort of making a pivot in the way that my business operates. Like I've realized just in saying this, like, you know, running a service-based business is quite stressful. And so um, for me, I'm like just trying to think about different ways that I can potentially utilize my expertise in other areas. And uh, and so with that, I'm going to go down the route of teaching people um, how I do certain things or teaching the strategies that I use to help create awesome, you know, um, revenue generating things. Uh, like we mentioned and uh, the the people I work with and the people that I you know who are the influential people that I work with um, looking at their business models and the way that they run gives me just like an inside sneak peek to like what's successful and what works and what doesn't work and so therefore yes like working with these people one on like a personal level and like the way that I operate every single day has been drastically helpful but then also having like the the like the the freaking window into their business is like it's just so beneficial because I can say okay cool like I really love the way that these guys run their business and how they do this. And I can obviously see that it works for them. Like I'm probably going to go sort of into a like business model that sort of replicates that to an extent and sort of make that my own. Yeah. Yeah. You get to see behind the curtain of what's successful, right? Which is super, super, you know, and and also like to find out what works for these really successful entrepreneurs. So, so what does the next 12 months look like for Chris Benetti? So where do you think the business is going to go? And I know you said you want to pivot and maybe look at creating movement. Like what do you want to achieve in the next 12 months? Yeah. So, I mean, I've got like a couple of you know i've got we mentioned before the podcast like i've got a, a, a software platform as well um and so uh we're 
really going to be focusing on, you know, ramping up the content marketing machine for that and like really just trying to serve people on that side. The software itself, like it predominantly helps people who have you know, digital programs or information products or memberships, um, basically turn that into something that their students can consume on a, on a better basis. You know, it, it helps them turn their membership into a publishable mobile application that people can download from the Apple Play Store or the Google Play Store. And then they can start consuming content on their mobile um, in a, you know, a really, really enjoyable manner. And so like our main goal and focus in that, you know, that business is to, to really just impact the way that people are consuming content to make it more enjoyable and make sure that people are just like completing the things that they uh, are starting to consume. Um, so there's going to be a lot of push on that side. Um, on, you know, my funnel division business side, like I'm really going to be... Um, that's, that's the agency, right, Chris? The funnel division? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so the, the, the software is called Members Pro. Um, the, the agencies, the funnel division, um, you know, I'm going to be doing a, a couple of different JV information products um, with, you know, for me, like I'm, I understand copy, but I'm not a copywriter. I am, I'm pretty good at funnel strategy. Like I'm, I'm really good at funnel strategy, but there's better people out there as well. What I'm fantastic at is funnel design for conversions. And so um, an example, I'm going to be doing a, a product launch with a, a person named Jordan Franz, and we're going to be releasing like a, a funnel bootcamp. And he's going to be teaching like the over, uh, over strategies of like how a successful funnel was built and launched. And then for me, I'm going to be teaching like the technical side of like how to build a converting funnel that to make sure you get the most success out of it. And so that's going to be something that's coming out. Um, you know, I'm talking with a, a fantastic copywriter. We're potentially going to be wa- launching a, a product around like how to create, launch and um, build your like perfect webinar funnel to, that'll crush. Um, and then for me, long-term, like on, on a solo perspective, I've got a, a bit of a vision around like helping um, CEOs who are sort of at a level where they're like, we sort of need someone to come in and build funnels for us. Um, but we don't necessarily want to pay Chris Benetti's prices. <laughs> so yeah. like, I really want to help them like find the perfect person on um, to, to come onto their team to, to basically um, get trained up and become, you know, certified by me um, to be an awesome funnel builder, awesome funnel designer. Um, so almost so like, with a, that, like, like a certification program that people come through and then you're helping facilitate, you know, people to build amazing funnels through people in your program. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, um, there's going to be predominantly two sides. Like one's going to be, you know, if the person, if the CEO doesn't have someone on their team already, it's going to be like how to find and onboard the perfect like funnel builder for you. And then like the second half is going to be for that person who they hire to basically just upskill the crap out of them. There's going to be like a community around that. There's going to be a training around like how they actually, you know, um, get all these skills under their belt, how to you develop and continue to learn and how to, you know, you know, strategize and just build awesome funnels. So it's pretty much two sides to that product. And so that's yeah. something that I've got like in the long term build out. That sounds amazing. And, and are you doing more stuff with like your own movement this year? I know you talked to me before the show about having a maybe a group starting and things like that. What's your vision for that? Yeah, for sure. So I've got a, a, a currently a collab group with Jordan and uh, we're basically just going to be dropping a, a bunch of value in regards to funnel strategy and design, like I mentioned. Um, and so with that, yeah, we're just going to, we're, we're really just going to focus on serving that community the best that we can. Um, for me personally, I'm just going to be ramping up the content that I post and making sure I give as much value as possible on my different social platforms. Um, I don't really have besides like, you know, groups for those specific products that I mentioned, I don't really have like a, a, a solo group um, in mind right now, but you know, it might come potentially. That's cool. And yeah. I know you looking to take on more clients into the funnel division as well. Are you trying to grow that or are you guys kind of happy with where you're at with your clients as well? Yeah. So um, that's a good question. I sort of envision myself working with maybe like five really freaking awesome clients and no more. Um, you know, any more than that, I start getting a little bit stressed out with the workload that's coming through um, one funnel, um, you know, to someone who's using templates and stuff like that and click funnels might not sound hard, but when you're actually building out funnel campaigns, email follow-up sequences and like thinking about the customer journey, yeah, it it's gets a to a bit of a, a bit of a big project like that could take a, a month to two months to build. So, um, you know, anything more than like five clients or so um, starts to get a little bit stressful for me. And uh, therefore, like I sort of just want to work with the best of the best, leave it at that and then just like focus on the different avenues on how I can serve people the best. That's nice. That gives you that kind of long-term growth. I love that as well because it gives you that air of exclusivity and and you're obviously one of the best. So that makes a lot of sense, which is cool. So do you want to, yeah. I, I, I kind of ask this question to a couple of guests just to kind of give that accountability and put it out there. Do you want to, do you want to state a 12 month revenue goal of what you want to try and get to? Or do you want to not be that bold? Do you 
don't have to, but I, I challenge you to. Not right now, because I've got a bit of uncertainty <laughs> some of the different programs. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was that was that was me pushing. Don't worry about that. That's too cool. So I love that, by the way. I love I and I love you sharing your vision because I think it's really interesting, especially people who are looking the outside in, people who are listening to the show, seeing kind of where you're at, seeing where you want to go and seeing where you want to impact people, I think can be super inspiring and give people an idea of like, well, if I do go into this, this is what could eventually start to have future. And I think that is super interesting. So I love I love all of that that you're sharing. Yeah, for sure. I think like for most service-based business owners, like it's a fantastic and easy way to start out. But you know, um, it's not necessarily the right thing for everyone. Um, and so as you do that, I feel like there's going to be different areas where you grow and evolve. And for me, like I realized that, um, you know, when there's low revenue months and still high workload, that's stressful on two different areas. And, uh, you know, I potentially just want to have something that adds a little bit of scalability into business where it's not like a direct exchange of service for money, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, well, you're obviously killing it in the online space now and, and it's really impressive to see. So, you know, with the fact that you're doing really well with the agency, like what's, what do you think is one of the big challenges that you're facing right now? It's, it's going to come down to just like delivering on work, um, you know, and having higher workload and managing client expectations and then also communications. Um, you know, one thing I'm extremely bad at is client communications. And, uh, you know, so therefore, um, when someone's messaging me and I'm in a stressful period, like I'll straight up like not message back because I feel like it's you know, making the situation better or at least it's like sort of alleviating some short-term pain. Um, but then it comes to a point for, from the client's perspective, like they end up getting pissed off because you don't reply to them or, you know, um, from their perspective, you're ignoring them. Um, and therefore, you know, for me, like I understand that that's something that I do and it's just my nature. And so I've, uh, I've really taken the effort. I've got an EA, that, uh, an executive assistant that's in the business now. And she like will be across all client communications. And if a client messages, she's like, thanks, I'll let Chris know. <laughs> I'll get back to you soon. Um, so, um, you know, that's one thing. Like uh, I just need to manage like and understand what I, I suck at and manage that. Um, and then the other thing I would say is just like in a service-based business, it's really easy to sell. Um, and show a higher level of value for selling. Um, and therefore, you know, you can bring in potentially a lot of new clients, but then, um, you know, me especially, like I think of the dollar amount and don't necessarily think of like timeframes and deliverables as much as I should. And so, you know, in some circumstances, um, client projects can potentially blow out because of the amount of workload that we have coming in as well. And, uh, um, you know, to uh, my extent, I sometimes give um, a wrong timeline expectations I would say so yeah. I sort of over promise sometimes and uh, you know I get burnt by it so yeah that's I would just say like right? being like, realistic with project. that stuff yeah yeah I'm with you I'm with you so for you it's about like alright I need to figure out a way to scale where it's not going to be like blowing up all my time and doing so much stuff I feel like that's such a common thing with a lot of people with who get those high level service businesses you get to that stage where you've kind of made, made the value really high you're doing amazing work but then it's like okay I'm still technically trading time money how do I take this to the next level and reach that kind of next part of business, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, realistically, in a service-based business, you're probably not going to ever have that level until you get to 10 plus employees. And that's just the, like, that's the reality. Um, you know, if you want a really good, if you're in a service-based business and listening to this, if you want a really good example of like how to build an agency, go look at Emily Hirsch and Hirsch Marketing. Um, she's got a team of 30 people um, and she services some of the biggest influences in the online space period like Marie she's, Folio she's super Amy young Ford. as well right she's my age yeah she's she's a 94 kid so she's 25 as well that's crazy and she's doing like 3 million dollars a year in revenue right 3 yeah around 3 million at the moment yeah wow yeah, so that's, yeah that's definitely so she just she just launched her new program called Ignite and uh, I know from just a few days they did over 50k on the launch that's crazy yeah I was reading her email this morning actually it's funny that you mentioned her because yeah you, her stuff's <laughs> everywhere right now because she's launching a program right it's like the ads yeah. and emails and everything coming out but yeah yeah, that's definitely a, a good person to check out for a service business. Well, Chris, this has been super fun. I'm just trying to think about because like, I've, I think I've asked you about everything inside of your program and uh, I really dug deep into your story. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to share with the audience that you think would be useful? Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're starting or potentially want to start down a service-based business route um, and you're like at a point where you're sort of struggling to like figure out who you want to work for or you're struggling to get the right client or the right person in the business to work for um you know the thing that i did that sort of changed everything um was i actually reached out to 
Rachel Peterson. And this is when she didn't even know of me. And um, I offered to to look at her funnels. I, I saw her funnels were really bad. So I offered to basically, you know, work on one of her funnels for free and um, see if I could get a better result for her than what she was currently getting. And uh, she knew her funnels were bad. And so she jumped at the opportunity because everyone else, I'll repeat this, everyone else was trying to pitch her funnels and for money because they saw that she was successful. And I came in and offered to do it free because I was humble. And so that from that point, like I was, because I know my stuff works, I was able to generate a result for her. We actually four times the performance of the funnel um, in in a month after launching. Um, from that point, she, she's been a client now for over a year, paying me every single month and one of my best friends in this, you know, this online space. Um, and so that's such a powerful lesson for me. If you're starting out and you're like, oh, I'm like, I'm attracting all these low level people. They're not paying me what I, what I'm worth. I know I can get better results. Um, I, I strongly believe this is the best thing you can do is f- find an influencer or find someone in your, um, your, your, your sphere of influence that, you know, is absolutely crushing it that, you know, potentially still needs help with what, whatever you can help them with. Um, go after, after that person and just do something for them free. Um, after I did that for Rachel, not only did she become a client, but she started referring all of her clients to me. She runs a, she, she did run a, a Facebook ad agency. Um, and then she was also talking me up to her communities and, you know, her communities totaled. She's got an email list of 20,000 plus people. She's got, you know, um, Facebook groups that total of paid Facebook groups that total like over 2000 plus members. And, you know, therefore, um, just by doing that one thing for free, I was able to get paid over $25,000, you know, in a year, as well as just get become the authority to the people in her, um, her audience. And so and that's, and that's it, huge, right? Like that's it's such huge. a thing to have. Yeah, it's huge. Um, having her as like the first influencer client that I had was able to attract Alex Sharfin. We all know how big of a deal Alex Sharfin is. Um, Stacy Martino, Christy Code, Christy Code Red was a direct referral from Rachel. And, um, you know, I was able to get amazing results. Christy, Christy's referred me. And so it's like, it's pretty much this massive chain of like, it's like you get a good result right? from someone. Sorry. It's like an ecosystem, right? It's like, yeah, like one person starts, you get good results for them. They refer to others. You get good results for them. They refer to others. It just becomes like this massive, just like tree branch of like, or not tree branch, like tree roots of like all these people that you can impact by helping one person free. And so just make sure that you are like offering that to the right person. Um, and, you know, just don't care about your time for this one project. Like honestly, give everything to this one project, give everything to make sure that this person can get a fantastic result with you and it'll pay dividends for years and years. Yeah, it's thinking about that long term, right? It's not thinking about what's in it for me now. It's thinking, what is this going to bring to me and my business in the long term? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's that, that was the biggest thing for me, hands down. Yeah, that's an incredible piece of advice. And if you're listening to this, you should definitely rewind and listen to that whole five minutes again, because that is pure gold right there. I challenge you to take action that if you're listening. So super, super good advice. So Chris, this has been a super fun interview. I don't even know how long we've been talking for it, but it feels like forever. Me neither. I'm just so interested in everything you're sharing. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really, I really want to make sure that people who have been listening to you, because I think you've got a lot of value to give. I think you're very humble. I think you don't, you know, overstate how good you are. But for people who are listening, you should really know that Chris is literally one of the best in his field, if not the best. So you should definitely pay attention to what he's saying. And Chris, I want to give people an opportunity to follow along and to and to find out about what you're doing. So where would be the best place for people to go if they want to find out more about you and follow along and maybe get involved what doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll have a link ready for them in the description. They can go check out you know the group that I've created with Jordan. There's going to be a massive amount of value given in there. Um, and feel free to, you know, come and reach me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, Chris Benetti, I'm pretty much like the only Chris Benetti in the world. So I'm sure you'll find me. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Awesome, guys. And I'll put the links of all of that down in the show notes for you as well. So you can make sure you go check it out. Chris, it's been super great to chat with you. I think you're an awesome guy. Um, we should absolutely do this again sometime in the future, get you back on the podcast. Really looking forward to catching up with you again. I'm sure you'll be at Funnel Hacking Live next year if I haven't had the chance to meet you in person before then. And who knows, man, like you're only in Australia. I'm going to be in Bali November. Like you should come over. We should hang out. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I love Bali. <laughs> Amazing. It's like, it's like pretty much closer than the other side of Australia. <laughs> oh, it's it's nuts, right? Like with how big Australia is. Like I I have friends in Sydney and they were like, well, you know, I'd rather go there than go to the other side, right? So listen, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. It was awesome to chat with you and I can't wait to catch up with you again in the future. And good luck with everything you're doing this year. I know you're going to crush it. Thanks, man. You too. No worries. And for you guys listening at home, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening to this episode. You've been listening to Chris Bonetti and me, Jamie Atkinson. And if you need 
any more help or support, as always, just reach out. More than happy to help. Make sure you check out Chris's stuff. Thanks, guys. See you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.